Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> Drills it in towards the far post. It's headed away by Butler, only as far as Wilkes, who flicks it on out left. It might come the way of Morgan when he decides to keep it on. He has. Morgan onto his right foot. Morgan still with it. Cross into the box. It's a deep one. Comes as a flick. Comes to Cullen. Ball across goal. It's come off it. Yeah! No! 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 Make it 1-0! Lord Taylor, the man score after 31 minutes. Josh Cullen with superb play on the right side to keep it in. The ball across goal. It took a couple of deflections and finally Lyle Taylor with the diving header and Joel making one now the keep mode. Every single Doggerson player is screaming for an offside there. Firstly for Josh Cullen who was at the far side but I think Doncaster player had two players on the line. Josh Cullen then drilled it across. Taylor got a touch I think. Took another deflection before he spun back up off the keeper and into Tyler's head. Taylor's head. Looking for the out ball towards oh. Taylor. That's a lovely ball. Taylor, good control. Cuts inside onto his left foot. Taylor still with it. Oh, it's a bit of a loose touch. Comes away with Morgan. Morgan thinking about a shot. Onto his right foot. Ball across goal comes to Taylor. Taylor uses a rebo down the line. Rebo ball across goal. Yes! Joe Rebo on the right hand side. Lovely pass from Lord Taylor down the line. And Joan have shell shocked the host here as Joe Rebo scores for the Addicts. <laughs> and I think you've got to go back to the ball from Josh Cullen. Firstly, the head away from Patrick Bowers, quality. But when Josh Cullen picked it up in midfield, the ball out to Lyle Taylor was absolutely exquisite. We get lucky with the interception that took it out to Elby Morgan. He found Lyle Taylor, teed up Joe Rebo, who just, well, Morosi will be a little disappointed. He just hit it across the six-yard box. And Morosi fluffed his lines and Charlton tune it up. Charlton fans in Dreamland in the way stands. Over nearly 4,000 of them bouncing the place up and down. Out to Andrew now. Malik Wilkes is swapped sides momentarily. Cuts inside, but that's well covered by Billick, but it'll uh, run through to Marquis. Goes backwards to Andrew. Ball down the line to Wilkes. Wilkes. Cullen gets a, something on it. It goes across and it's headed in by Blair and Doncaster have a goal back. Yeah, they're very, very fortunate that Wilkes has crossed, took a deflection. It's headed on by Blair on the line. That doesn't take a deflection. That's, that's never going to be a goal. A little bit of a wake-up call though for Charlton. Yeah, I think Charlton have been quite comfortable in possession. We spoke about it, maybe having a bit more ambition. Doncaster have a way back in this tie. Charlton still have the advantage, no need to panic. 
you know, we're in the token of 1-0, no any day of the week. So just need to keep ourselves calm, the away fans still singing. Taylor, Taylor, holding it by the corner flag. And here is the final whistle. It's finished here. With Charlton a 2-1 victory. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me here in the studio at the Valley as we get ready to look back at the first leg on Sunday and ahead to Friday, second leg against Doncaster in the playoff semi-finals uh, is Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Pooing myself. Yeah, that's not what, literally. Yeah, well, well done for censoring yourself though when saying that. So one of us yeah, has to, don't we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and one of us who normally doesn't. Nathan, how are you? Absolutely bricking it. Yeah, again, yeah. again. Yep, so I've learned my lesson. Yeah, exactly. learned, my voice is coming back slowly. It was quite funny on um, on Sunday on the train home where it was a bit battered, but um, it's getting there. But I'm nervous. Mm. I'm nervous this time. Someone else we hope will be battered on uh, Friday evening, of course, is Doncaster <laughs> Rovers. Charlton taking a, a slender 2-1 advantage uh, into the second leg. We just heard the highlights there. Uh, could have been better, couldn't it? We did have those chances to go 3 0 up. But anyway, we'll we'll look back at that game. Uh, we'll hear what Lee Boyer had to make from of it. We'll also hear what Lyle Taylor, one of the goal scorers, made of it. We'll also hear from Josh Parker. Those two uh, between them will look back at the game and ahead to the next game. Liam Hoden from the Doncaster Free Press, Press will tell us how Rovers are feeling about it from their point of view uh, as we, of course, then start to gear up for the decisive second leg here at the Valley on Friday night. Uh, Lee Boyer again will we'll look ahead to it and give us the, the, the team news that he can so it's not as good as it could have been um tom but you know we're, we're going to go start on friday with a one goal head start and if we did that every league game this season we'd be undefeated at home and we would have won quite a lot of games so we're in a very good position yeah greg said it there at the end of commentary that if we'd have been offered a one goal lead uh at the end of 90 minutes we'd, we'd have all taken it before the game obviously you dream of going there and battering them 4-0 or something but until those we've had so much build up to that game that before the game until the players come out and the game actually kicks off you you don't really know what to expect you don't know if it's going to completely overwhelm them and they're going to crumble you don't know if we're actually going to come out and play exactly like we we have the last few weeks you, you just have no idea or no yeah no real clue of, of how it's going to run and actually once that game kicks off and you remember it's just another game of football I was I was really pleased to see that you know they handled the occasion fine. Largely, we were the better side. I mean, Doncaster had chances in the first half, um, and then we got those two goals and and felt like we were in control of the tie at that point. And and sure, that that last minute goal is frustrating. But if you ignore the fact that it came so late in the game, like I say, if I'd have been offered two one before the game, I'd have bitten your hand off. And I imagine the players and, and management would as well. So. Yeah, I think coming in, coming back to the Valley with, with the record we've got here and the way we're playing 1-0 up effectively, you'd have to back us. You've got to take, Nave, some sort of uh, hope from the fact that clearly throughout the majority I felt of that first tie, once once we got that first goal, we did, we did seem pretty comfortable. And even in terms of clear-cut chances, I mean, sure, they hit the bar. That was from long range. And Phillips made a good save from Coppinger. That was from long range. Crosses into our box we were dealing with. We got those two quick fire goals. It looked like we could have had a few more, really. So, even if there is that that last minute goal, which takes the edge off it, certainly makes it more interesting for for the uh, neutral for the second leg. I mean, looking at the performance as a whole, you've got to take some heart from that coming into this home game. Yeah, I would. I mean, me and Tom were um, talking before the game, and and I, I was surprisingly calm before the game. And I was thinking, you know, even if we came back to the valley one nil down, 
Obviously, it wouldn't be ideal, but I can still see this team scoring more than two goals a game. And I still think that. So even though, yeah, we let a, a goal in at the end, which, yeah, it was you know it was a bit gutting, but it wasn't the end of the world. Um, the, the mood was still upbeat and and I think we're still in pole position. And I, again, I'm still confident that we'll, we'll at least score one. So that's that's asking Donny to get three goals. So, mm. yeah, I think, take, and I think the first half an hour was a bit... That it was a bit ner- a bit nervy, and I think they were always going to have a, a bright start to the game because the, the onus is on them to attack us, and they're always going to have some chances. But I think we, like Tom said, we I thought we handled the occasion quite well. We controlled the game, I think, very well, especially after we got the two. Um, there was no need to go uh, go gung ho in the second half, but yeah, I think take a lot of heart and. And obviously, we're coming into a, a home game now. We're we're firmly in control. I, I mean, we'd we'd seen a, a couple of half chances. Taylor had that one about a minute or two before he scored. That Morosi did well to get down to after it dropped to him inside the area. Parker had that header that only just drifted wide. So we had started to turn it on just before we scored. You could hear there in the commentary uh, some of the Doncaster fans were calling for offside from Josh Cullen, but that was a flick on by their own defender. And I think even when the original ball came over the top, he was onside. So there's, there's no question about that one. Uh, the second goal Morosi should be doing better with, but I mean, that is one of those ones where we'd all been talking all day and all week, uh, building up to that first leg about the nerves, about how nervous we were feeling. And when that second goal in the space of two minutes goes in, I mean, it just, I just, it, it just felt like absolute dreamland, didn't it? It felt like, oh my God, <laughs> something's going right and yeah. it never in that nothing ever goes well for Charlton so it's nice to see it yeah uh, there was no way uh, unlike Nafe I was not calm before the game I was really nervous and that second goal went in and uh, there's no way I would have ever dreamed that we would be going towards half time 2-0 up there and that was the first time suddenly I was like oh my god this is actually happening like we, we could genuinely do this and and then you you go into half time and you're like right well what the hell do you do now do you shut up shop do you keep playing and try and play for more goals it it almost became harder than it would have been at nil nil and but i thought that even in that second half they then managed that they managed that well and and like you just said there and and i think uh, greg again said that in commentary they were quite lucky to get that goal if it wasn't for the deflection we probably would have defended that fine because we have been defending well from from crosses and corners in that first half but Going back to that second goal, as you say, he maybe should have done better. There were two players on the back post that if Aribo had wanted, you know, any kind of deflection or anything would have come out to one of them as well. So you have a feeling that from where he was, we were almost certainly going to score. But I mean, the scenes in that away end when that second one went in, it it was uh, just like dreamland. And we were like, we just couldn't believe it. We, you know, everyone would have dreamt of being 2-0 up going to half time and it was actually happening. It was amazing. I mean, the, the way that second half went, I mean, Albie Morgan came off on the hour mark for, for Darren Pratt. You can understand why he'd do that. Um, I mean, at the same time, it probably means we keep position slightly less in midfield, but you can understand that. But I think the fact that Bowie's hand was then forced by the fact that Parker got cramped Mm. Uh, which meant he had to, he, he had to stick to one up front after that because there's no replacement on the bench and therefore we it was for the last 20 minutes we were sitting deeper than I think than we we'd wanted to and I wouldn't say we were inviting pressure because as Tom said I mean they didn't have a clear cut chance until the goal and that came from a, a freakish deflection on the cross and it gave uh, Ben Perrington no chance really but you know. Uh, just felt like our hand was forced slightly there but even then we still looked dangerous on the break and what a minute or two before that goal that 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 cross from Aribo that only just went over the head of, of Lyle Taylor if that goes in then we went it's, tonight is a completely different show I'll be you know talking about how to get to Wembley <laughs> on, on the tube and stuff that would have been the show tonight but you know it, it keeps it alive but I say we we know we can play 
just as well at home. In fact, even better because our home record is f- phenomenal. So we really have to go into this game with a level of confidence. Yeah, I think, and I, I mean, and like Tom said, it was a bit of a, a quandary for Bowie how we go about it. And as you said, when Parker come off, um, we didn't have a striker on the bench. You could think maybe you'd shove Georgie or Johnny on to try and get a bit of pace. But then the only way they were going to score, they weren't, they couldn't play through us, so they're only going to go direct into the box. So if you take someone else off, you're bringing off a Georgie or a Johnny who aren't as you know, as tall as the others. So I did feel a bit sorry for him. And obviously Parker had his best game for us. But listen, we've got our home leg now. We're 1-0 up. Like I said earlier, I, I can't see us not scoring unless we have a really, really bad day. So for me, I'm still thinking we're going to score one. They're going to have to get three. Um, and can, I mean, we've hardly, we've only conceded, what, lost by two clear goals once, which was Scunthorpe, wasn't it? We ain't done at home, like you said earlier. So listen, I, I'm confident, but... You know, it's any, like Bo said, anything can change. But we've got to take huge confidence, and with the with the backing with with the fans and stuff, I think um, it could be a very special evening. Yeah, I mean, obviously the support here on Friday is going to be incredible. They announced this afternoon that the club has sold out. I've been asked actually to to point out to everyone that you really do need to get here early because obviously we're not used to this sort of crowd. So when normally you're, you're rocking up five minutes before kickoff and you can <laughs> stroll straight through and it's not a problem, that that is obviously going to be a more of a problem this uh, this Friday. So get in nice and early, uh, leave your bags at home if you can, but obviously just be prepared for, for queuing to get in, to get in nice and early because you don't want to miss a minute of it. Um, but the, the back in, it was, it was just brilliant. to see. There's so many great videos going around. I like in particular, there was one from the home end or like the director's box or something. Yeah, yeah. And it, it just showed just how loud the fans i mean you, you two were in that away and did you get like that feeling of how loud you guys were yes and no it was clearly a good atmosphere and you could feel it and because you had the benefit of either a little bit of either side of of the pitch as well you could offer you could hear it kind of echoing from those fans as well but at the same time if i compare it to something like fulham away in the fa cup to me that felt louder i don't know if it was the the acoustics in the stadium or whatever, something like that. But when you see those videos back and you realise that the sound was transmitting across the pitch like that, and there was a video from behind the other goal as well that was like that, you realise that I don't think it necessarily sounded as loud within us as it has in other places, but it clearly carried and it would have definitely felt loud to the players and the management. And yeah, it it was a phenomenal effort and people didn't stop singing for the whole game. There was maybe five minutes at the start of the second half where it was a little bit quieter and then I can't remember if we had a chance or they had a chance very early on, but that kind of kicked everybody back into gear again and, and then for the next 40, 45 minutes it was just constant again. Right, so it's a slender advantage that Charlton took from that game uh, up at the keep moat on Sunday lunchtime. Let's hear what Lee Bowyer made of the performance. Disappointed to concede so late on. Uh bit of fortune went their way just looped and it was undefendable really for Ben on the far post um, but we've got a one goal lead going going back to the valley um, we haven't been beaten there since the turn of the year so it's, it's going to be tough for, for Doncaster you know but we realised that it's, it's not another 90 minutes anything can happen we've witnessed that more than ever this week this has gone by how crazy football can be and, uh, and and it's not over until it's over so um, again we'll respect them and, and, and we'll try and win the game You had to withstand some home pressure for the first 20 minutes or so which uh, which you did uh, fairly comfortably and then uh, two goals in two minutes you'd hope to put the uh, put, not put the tight to bed but at least make it comfortable Yeah because uh, we just I think out of possession we were solid um, I think we limited them to, to chances um, 
and then knowing the people that we've got in the team, we're always going to create chances, and, and we've got Lowell that, that scores goals. And you've got Jar Rebo with his trickery, and, and obviously scores goals. So uh, I knew that we would create, and it's just whether we would take the chances on the day, and, and, and thankfully we did. So, but they're still in it. They're swimming with a shout, obviously. Um, but now I'm, can't wait for Friday. Doncaster don't lose here very often, so to come away with any sort of victory in, in what was basically the first half of this playoff uh, encounter must be pleasing. Yeah, I'm over the moon because well, I know when we played here not so long ago that um, we left with 1-1 draw and uh, you could say we was a bit fortunate that day. Um, that's why I changed the shape. You, you have to respect who you're playing against, you know, and uh, I watched the game when we played them here and, and realised what they was doing. Uh, and they were hitting us on the break and, and we weren't good out of our, sh our shape was wrong um, when we was attacking we was like we was at our worst own enemy at times so um, I had to put that right today and, um, and I thought the shape worked perfectly 2 0 league going into the second half was it uh, always your intention just to hold that or, or were, were you looking for uh, for more goals? I was looking for more goals but obviously then Josh Parker got cramp and then got another striker to put on otherwise I'd have just swapped him like for light with another striker because obviously once we went down to the one striker we invited a bit more pressure, but unfortunately we, we don't have another strike on the bench, so uh, that's out of our hands. But I, I thought, like, even then, I thought we, we might hit him on a break, and we did a couple of times, and I think Josh Cullen had a header, keep will push it onto the post, so we still created chances in the second half, and um, but we just didn't take them. You mentioned Josh Parker getting cramp, and that's an indication of the shift he put in up up top, and uh, a bit unlucky not to score a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, his, his work rate was unreal. I thought he scored with the header in the first half, um, but no, I thought he'd done very well. Hold up play was good, one headers, fought for every ball, put his body on the line, and, and, and that's what I expect from all the players. I mean, it is finally poised in this in this playoff tie, but uh, you'd have taken a two-one lead going back to the valley. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, anything, anything without losing, because you just want to have that mode, that momentum, and and that belief that you, you, you don't lose games. And we're in a good place. I keep saying it, we're in a good place at the moment as a squad and, and we're in that habit of, of winning games and that's a great habit to be in. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hola, 
switch across the left-hand side, and Perrington's a good one. Bielik looks okay for the time being. Perrington looking to try and oh, look to take on Thompson. Instead goes back inside to Cullen. Needs a little bit of support. He turns, works a bit of space across. Cullen, ball into the box, finds Arebo. Arebo! Arebo! Yeah! 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 Inside the penalty area, his shot went across the face of goal, and McGilvery didn't even go for any areas past him and into the back of the net. And Charlton just before half time had the lead. There we go, that was Lee Bowyer looking back at the game uh, at Doncaster on Sunday. Uh, obviously talking about Parker, he came off with cramp, as we know. He'll be, be fine, we're, we're going to hear from Josh Parker later on uh, in the show as well. Because uh, he's going to have some decisions to make, isn't he, Nate, for, for, um, for the game on Friday. And that, now, I mean, we'll hear from Liam Hoden as well. But basically, I mean, the reason they took off Coppinger, who I thought was dangerous for them in that first half, was because we did surprise them with that shape. We went with that, that 3-5-2 when everyone was predicting the diamond. Um, so how he decides to set up against them and which way Grant McCann decides to go on Friday, that'll be quite intriguing really, wouldn't it? Yeah, it will. Um, I think, like, again, I think Coppinger was pulling the strings. He was he was going into little pockets and we we weren't picking him up and he was their, their most creative player. But because of his size and, you know, his age and he's not as agile as he used to be, we were overrunning him a little bit um, on the break. So I can understand why he took him off, but... What we do, I think for for Bows, I think we should keep it the same, and I mm. just think it gives us that flexibility of going from a three to a four if need be. Um, but I think we, we'll, he'll just set up as that. I would imagine uh, he might set up either way, really, and then just see what what they do because the onus is still going to be on them. Then you know they they can't sit back and let us have the ball; they're going to have to press us. So, but I, I'd you know I'd, I'd expect us to remain the same and. And, but I think uh, McCann will probably have to do something a little bit different with Wilkes, uh, Marquise, and and Coppinger to try and you know try and put us on the back foot. So, but, but yeah, I don't know if it's fair to say he sprung a surprise by putting Albie Morgan in from the start because obviously he played so well against Rochdale. So I think it'd be slightly too far to say it was a surprise, and because you know Bowie's just treating it like a normal league game, and if you play well in the previous league game, you play in the next one. So. Um, but you know, took him off after after an hour. I, I felt perhaps we lost a little bit of control in midfield at that time. But at the same time, obviously, he's such a young player on, on such a big occasion. Um, you know, he I feel like he, he he must have felt he had to make that decision at some point. Yeah, I agree. We we definitely did lose a little bit of that control. But I guess the feeling is that there's no no saying if we'd have kept him on and he was knackered that the same thing wouldn't have happened. So. I understand it, and as you just said off air, you know Bose has got most of his tactical decisions spot on since pretty much the whole of this year and even last year. So you don't want to question him too much. I think as well we've got so many options off the bench. You've got Prattley or George who can really come in and you know put that shifting, put those tackles in, put those blocks in, and work more defensively. Or you've got the likes of Jake or or Reeves or, or hopefully Williams Touchwood that can provide something more creative and more attacking. So. He's just got so many options there. I'm guessing it's it's a case of rotating and when someone does look tired, you know, giving mm. them that break. Um, maybe it's with the view that uh, Albie's going to play again on Friday. So, yeah, it was it was annoying that perhaps that that contributed a little bit to the fact that Doncaster started to press. But again, as we said earlier, I think it was more the fact that his hand was forced that Josh had to come off that actually that was when we really started to look a bit more uh, threatened and, mm. and obviously the goal came a bit later on so 
it played its part, but um, you know, I think Albie, we need to protect him, as we've yeah. said a lot of time with the younger players. So, so even when Prattley came on, who, as we know, he he, he does what he does. He's uh, he's there to break up play. He won that free kick by the corner flag that was quite funny when he got sort of pushed over and, and started laughing at the, the Doncaster player. I don't know if you guys would have seen that from the away end because he was sort of facing us. He started mocking one of the players, which was quite funny. But even then, when you have Joe Rebo in that, mid, in that middle of the park, I mean, you do have the... He's got this uncanny ability to pick up the ball, keep it, and turn defence into attack so quickly because, you know, if, if we can get one out ball into Aribo, no matter where, where he is in the park, with his back to goal, maybe on the halfway line, he's still managed to find a bit of space and play it into someone on the run. And all of a sudden, you know, you can counter-attack without, without using pace. You actually use the pace of the ball rather than the pace of the run, which is it's quite remarkable the way he can do that. And we saw that a couple of times. And obviously, one of them nearly ended up leading to that that Josh Cullen header from, from Taylor's cross. Another one, of course, his own cross to Taylor as well. So the whole time, that no matter who's gone off the pitch, the whole time we've got Aribo in this current form, on that pitch I mean you've always got a chance going forward as well yeah and I think that's it's one of those things I think that Joe's um, improved a, a, a massively for me from last season his, his ability to drive into space when he gets the ball and um, it, it certainly puts uh, the, you know, the opposition under pressure because not only is he good with the ball at his feet he can make you look silly and he's got this knack of I think uh, quote Lyle Taylor, his go-go gadget leg, <laughs> yeah. of um, just sort of dragging it, and um, but and, and and he and that's what he can do. I mean, I mean, on Sunday it was difficult because obviously when um, Parker went off and it was Lyle isolated straight up top, they can leave it two on one and just push their their uh, fullbacks on as more or less midfielders. So we're all gonna, always going to be under the cosh. But with with like you say, with a Rebo in there, him being able to do that defence to attack like you say with so much ease using the pace of the ball it's so dangerous and that's when you know Lyle can find the spaces and and um, and I think again Joe will be pivotal again on uh, on Friday Alright well let's listen to uh, Lyle Taylor just mentioned his name there the uh, scorer of the opening goal at uh, Doncaster on Sunday and he said he had to put in uh, his head where it could have hurt uh, to get that goal uh, to open the scoring It flicked off a of butler and I just saw Josh Cullen stood on the line I thought what's he doing there straight to him he's put back across the box and I volleyed some kid's foot and I, 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 honestly I don't know what happened there it went back to Josh I think mean, and I just it popped back in the box and I thought right I'm going to get my head taken off here but I need to score I have to score I have to, I'm going to have to head this um, so I just threw myself at it and, and thankfully didn't get volleyed in the head and it went in so um, and then yeah, I, I don't know what was the, the time between the, the two goals. A couple of minutes. Yeah. I'm not sure. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, it just it come to me down the right hand side. Oh no, Josh put me in. We were defending. Josh put me in, um, and I kind of had to wait because there was no there was no way I was going to go to get through and, and score. And he come back to me from Albie on the edge of the box, and Aribo was round me. He called for it. He wanted it first time. Um, but I've taken my touch and. I just waited and waited and waited for the defender to commit and then and rolled it and he cross scored. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was definitely a shot, 100% a shot, so I'll take your sister as well. <laughs> and given the fact that your home record is so good as well, can you think about that too much? Because everyone is going to look at you playing them at the Valley and saying, well, you know, you've not lost the Valley since goodness knows when. This is kind of, you're now the kind of presumptive winners, but I suppose you and your, your coaching staff are not going to look at it like that. We won't look at it like that, but let's hope that's in everyone else's head that it, it doesn't happen very often. So let's hope that they come a little bit wary and, and think, I'm not too sure. But I can't see that being the case, if I'm completely honest with you. It's a cup final. Um, they're a goal down with 90 minutes to, to, to win by a goal, two goals. So 
I can't see them being the, the shy and retiring type of team. They're not like that. They play football and they play football uh, well. Uh, they play the game similarly to, similarly to how we play the game. So they're not that kind of team to, to kind of shut up shop and just and try and nick a goal. They're, they're not like that. So hopefully that will benefit us because they'll have to come out and they'll have to come out and leave gaps. But we'll see what happens. We, we just have to go and get the job done. Nice, that's simple. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much indeed. Cheers. Appreciate that. Lowell, the manager mentioned it there. It's been some crazy kind of second leg scores in the Champions League this week. Um, is that just kind of a sign of what can happen if teams do take their foot off the gas? And it's a game of football, isn't it? So, yeah, I mean, we could, with a goal being a difference, you can't be uh, slack. And we won't be slack. And, and Bo would never let us be slack. So we have to um, go about business as if it's nil-nil. Uh, and and do everything we can to win the game and keep a clean sheet. Did you watch those Champions League games? I don't watch football. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I didn't. Right, okay. Do you think it's something that you guys will talk about? Um, the kind of of no. It's nothing to do with us. It's a completely different game, a completely different scenario. So we can only focus on what we have here and, and what we have to do and what our job is. Um, everything else that happens in football is, is by the by. Yeah, I think it's going to be a full, full up at the Valley as well. Um, it's probably going to be a sellout, so it's going to be a good atmosphere, yeah. It's going to be a good one. How much are you looking forward to that? I am, I am. I'm, honestly, I'm looking forward to going home and, and getting my feet up, to be honest, more. Um, but once once the next couple of days are out of the way, we'll we'll look forward to that and and prepare for that. There we go, Lyle Taylor. Um, like we say, he's sort of... Uh, had to put his head in where it hurts. So you look back at that goal, it's actually a really brave finish because uh, it's sort of a reaction shot that ended up coming off the keeper, but there was what three, three or four pairs of boots getting ready to go and kick him in the face and he, and he just dived in and you know, got the goal that he deserved for his uh, heroics there. Yeah, and, and it's what he does. He's what he's done all season. He's in the right place at the right time. Um, he's shown he can score all types of goals as well. I mean, obviously the, the free kick being a prime example there, but... More often than not, both him and Carlin, particularly in the early stages of the season, how many times was one of them crossing it in and the other was stood on the edge of the six-yard box to just tap it in? And yes, this one was a header as opposed to that. And you give him extra credit for, as you say, taking that risk and putting his head in where potentially he was going to get it kicked. But it, he's done it all season and, and that's why he's got the amount of goals he has. And, and that's been the difference this year, you know, to, to have not just one, but two for large parts of the season players up there that can get on the end of those chances when we signed a Jose a few years ago how many times did we say he's that poacher he's the sort of player that you want on the edge of the six yard box and we didn't really play to those strengths well now we do and we're reaping the rewards from that mm. so yeah, Jose scored his penalty didn't he for Mansfield they still got knocked out though unfortunately for poor Nicky so he's not going to Wembley unless he comes back comes with Charlton somehow <laughs> but, um, uh, obviously we're, we're talking about the mentality that the players have to have going into this game because like I say it's, it's 2-1 okay it's 1-0 but you know, 30 seconds after kickoff on, on Friday, it could be 2-2. Okay, so they, they've got a... They, they can't just walk around like they've won the game. And it sounds like... I mean, Lyle said it himself there. It, sound, it sounds like they 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 aren't counting any chickens just yet. No, and I mean... I mean, we us as fans are going to be doing, you know, the 1-0 deficits and all that. But the simple thing that Bose will probably just say is win the game. Win the game or, you know, not just don't lose it. And then you're, you're, you're free to Wembley. So I think sometimes we have a... Nack, which I do all the time, you know, permutations. You're like, if they score first, I'll be even more nervous. And then I don't think, well, I think we'll score more, at least one. And But I think the simple fact is, is if we just avoid defeat at home, which we've only we've only lost twice at home all season, then we're at Wembley. Um, so just win, win, win your individual battles, 
keep doing what they're doing and then I think we'll be fine. So I just don't, don't want us to overcomplicate. I think Pratt said it uh, on the player of the year. It's just, just about Wembley, but even more so like for Friday, it's just play your normal game, relax, do what we've done all season and I'm sure we'll be fine. Now one person we haven't had a chance to see too much of all season of course is Josh Parker. Um, he made only well his first back-to-back starts uh, for Rochdale and then for the first leg at uh, Doncaster. Obviously it's taken a while to win over the fans because we've A, we've barely seen him and B, He's had some shockers in his time, unfortunately. But now he's starting to get a run of games together. I think he's starting to feel a bit more comfortable. And I also think uh, you could tell by the ovation that the uh, that the fans gave him when they, when he went off on Sunday. They were pleased with his performance and with his work rate. Uh, so he came to speak to us after the game on Sunday and, uh, first of all, assessed uh, what he made of the result. Yeah, of course, we're delighted. I think if we would have been given that result before the game, we would have taken it. Um, as you said, it's a hard place to come. And we did our job. We all stuck to our tasks and we came away with a 2-1 win. Must also be delighted the fact that uh, Lee Bowyer kept the same side as uh, the victory over Rochdale. Uh, reward for your hard work during that game and uh, same again today. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to be in the team now. It was frustrating, but at the same time, you have to enjoy being a part of it because I came into a team that was winning, 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 winning. So I couldn't be knocking on the manager's door saying I want to be playing. I just have to enjoy it and any time that I'm given, make the most of it. And now, unfortunately, Igor got injured, but... For me, it's my chance to kind of help the team get towards the target. You had an, almost had the perfect start with that, that header that uh, looked like it was going in for a second, yeah. but just not quite. Yeah, I just watched it back, and for me, I expect myself to score there, but it was a bit behind me, but for me, I, I expect myself to score. Uh, another couple of chances as well, which mm-hmm. uh, just didn't come, uh, didn't sit nicely for you. But uh, mm-hmm. your overall contribution in, uh, in bringing other players into play must give you uh, must give you a buzz going into the next game as well. Yeah, of course. It's for me. It's about the team, and the same with all the other boys. The manager said after the game, the amount of effort we put in and how hard we work for each other is unmatched in the league, and that's why we stand out. Um, for me, if I don't score, it's not the biggest factor because as long as the team's winning, because now. These aren't league games. These are games that if you win, you end up changing your life. Um, so for me, I just want to keep doing my part and keep working hard. And the acceptance of, uh, of your hard work as you, as you had to come off today, and we'll talk about that in a second, but uh, the recognition from the fans, four th- almost 4,000 of them uh, travelling up here, giving you a uh, standing ovation as you left, must be, uh, must be your hairs on the back of the neck stuff. Huh? Yeah, it was unreal for me because the fans haven't got to see a lot of me and that's no fault of my own. That's just because other people have been doing their job very well. Um, so for me... It was a very nice um, reception and one that I've been kind of trying to work for for a long time. And now I've got two games back to back. It feels like I'm kind of getting there slowly. Indication of the work rate is uh, spot a cramp yeah. uh, in that second half. Uh, yeah. You couldn't carry on. How are you now? Uh, I'm all right now. Um, I played a behind closed doors game last Tuesday and Igor England uh, injured on Thursday. So I kind of got chucked in at the last minute um, and I worked hard in that game, I worked hard in this game so it's just kind of yeah, catching up with everyone because the boys have been, this team's been very similar throughout the year um, so for me I've just got to go away and recover correctly and then get ready for Friday. What testament on how well you've played is that there'll be fans watching this a little bit concerned that uh, you're going to be alright for Friday. What's, uh, <laughs> I mean, all right. We've got a good team behind us, um, lots of ice baths, I'm not really keen on them but got to do them so I'll be fine by Friday cramp, cramp. come Friday at the Valley mm-hmm. um, it'll be a full house pretty yeah. much uh, so the noise you've had behind you mm-hmm. will be multiplied five times over yeah. so looking forward to that yeah I'm really excited it's hard as we said before it's hard to come here but for them to come to the Valley is a whole different kettle of fish um, they won't be looking forward to that and as they're behind so they're going to have to come and chase the game and I think that 
benefits us because we're so comfortable on the ball that we'll just probably end up picking them off, in my opinion. Well, Doncaster feel that the game's still alive with that um, mm-hmm. goal with a few minutes, well, a couple of minutes left to go mm-hmm. in normal time. So they'll feel the game's still alive. Uh, it will mean that uh, you've got to remain focused, I guess. Yeah, and so they should. We've seen what happened in the Champions League over the last... So 2-0, 3-0, don't make a difference. But our task remains the same. We go out there, we keep the ball, we work hard. And when we do those two things, we win games. Simple as that. From a personal point of view, obviously you've had to sort of bide your time since mm-hmm. you, you come over from Gillingham. Is it, is it easy to keep yourself sort of motivated over where you're waiting to get a place in the squad? If I'm honest, no, because everyone feels like they should be playing. But as I said, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I deserve a place. The team was winning when I came in and when I haven't been playing, the team's been winning. So I'm not one to sit here and be unrealistic and be like, oh, I think I should be playing. Oh, I should be playing more here. It, my mind doesn't work like that because I'm a realist. And um, I just have to bide my time and train hard, try and keep myself as, fit as, uh, myself as fit as possible, which can be difficult when you're not playing in the tempo here. Reserve games aren't the same. Um, so for me, it was just a matter of staying quiet, looking at what Igor's been doing, his work rate when he was playing, and kind of try and pick up where he left off. So we saw with Igor as well, actually, once he started to really get a run of games, that's when he started to find his scoring touch as well. I mean, exactly. You came so close yeah, today, no. so I you're probably not too worried about no, that. No, like, me and Igor are quite close, and he had two or three games where he was missing like sitters for him. Like In training, he was putting them away for fun, but when you're tired and when the tempo gets like on top of you, you kind of have a lapse of concentration, and then after two or three games he started hitting his form and he was almost unplayable so I think it's very similar for myself as I came off of cramp today I was tired but I can feel myself getting closer to it and I think with hard work the rewards will come. And of course you're one of most players who are out of contracts mm-hmm. as well at the end of the season so is this a case of you, yourself are you trying to play for your future as well? I try not to think about that stuff because I think when you think about that stuff you add an extra pressure that isn't necessary. I think if you perform and you do well, then those things come alongside it. Um, and if the team goes up, then we all stand a good chance of still being in next year. So for me, I'm just focused on getting the team up there first. Real home form since I think October was the last time we lost in the league, so you must take some confidence from that. Yeah, and they'll have that in the back of their minds where they'll be thinking, we don't want to go there. They would have been hoping that they won here today and then see what happens when they come to the Valley. But now the ball's in our court and we just got to carry on doing what we're doing. How difficult it's going to be for them with probably a full house at the Valley and how much do you think that can inspire you guys? Yeah, it's, it's going to be horrible for them if I'm honest. I'm not going to say it's going to be nice because their fans, even today, were getting outsung by the Charlton fans. So to go to the Valley and have 20-odd thousand on top of you every time you touch your ball is going to knock their confidence. If they say they wouldn't, then they're lying because it's, it does play a part. There we go. Josh Parker calling Doncaster Rovers liars there. <laughs> Mind games, that is. Um, uh, impressive performance on uh, on Sunday. And obviously, we remember the, the, the game before, the final game of the season against Rochdale, where he missed, he did miss a bit of a sitter, but at the same time, he never hid. He worked hard. He had a couple of chances, came close. I think he clipped the post at one point as well. And I felt I felt like he carried that performance into Sunday. He had that early goal disallowed, so we, we do know he can finish. Um, came so close with a header. And he, he ran his nuts off, didn't he? I mean, there was one point where he, he chased uh, someone all the way into like, mm. our own third and, and won a tackle and then got Charlton going again. And he was a real useful foil in, in that in that at that end of the pitch in the attack for Charlton. Yeah, and I think he, he'd started to win some fans over against Rochdale. He'd started to win some fans over in the early parts of that game at the weekend. But that tackle, 
there was not a single person in the Charter way that didn't stand up and clap when he tracked back and made that tackle. And you saw the reception when he went off and the song changed and he he won people over with that performance. And I, I don't know if it's the same at all clubs, but something that Charlton fans have always, always done is if a player works hard and puts 100% in, they might not be the most gifted footballer in the world, but if they try hard and put their body on the line, Charlton fans will respect that and they will respond to that. And that's exactly what we saw. And he's he's had it tough because he hasn't had his chances and he's Igor's had it tough because he's come off the back of Carlin who banged in, what, 14 goals for us. And then Igor starts to score. So then you're looking at Josh and you're thinking, he has to hit the ground running because he's looking at the two in front of him and thinking, this is going to be a challenge. Um, and he also has the fact that he was an underwhelming signing. He'll have known that because he'll have known what Charlton wanted to get through the door in January. So he's had a lot to contend with and I'm not uh, in any way uh, excusing some of the early performances because you know we saw some of the touches he was taking. He, he was all over the place. But since he's had two or three games in the side, he, he looks like his confidence is coming back. And like I say, he just put in such a hell of a shift and suddenly looks like a, an asset up front as opposed to someone who's getting in the way. And we, we talked about I talked about it with Josh there about how you know with Igor it took a while for him to to get a run of games and then to start actually start getting the goals. And obviously now we're, we're, we're we've lost him again. So. You know, do you think that can happen with Parker? A run of games, performances have started to improve. I, I, I think we started. I think I remember we started saying that about Igor as well, but just before he started scoring a couple of goals. So, can we expect that now from Parker? His goal record has never been spectacular. Maybe one in four or something like that. But you know, it, it, he needs to really because we need we need to have two strikers up top firing for these last couple of games of the season if we get through to Wembley. Yeah, and I think uh, what you will get is is Josh will get chances with the with the players he's got in and around him. You, you know, he's got a strike partner Lyle has also got uh, can bring others into playing so yeah I think he will I just think as long as we um, we continue to get behind him and as Tom said you know as long as he, he, he's put in 100% in which he has done he's just been unfortunate with the chances he's missed and you know a couple of performances but uh, there's not there's no reason why not um, I don't think you know even though it was maybe the sign we you know not everyone was hoping for um, he is you know, Steve Gallen must have seen something in him to bring him here, and I think there's a, there's any every chance that he can score. And I think just once that one goes in, whether it's off his heel or the back of his head, it don't matter. It don't matter, and I think it will boost him onto the next level. Excellent stuff. Right, we've had a look at it. How Charlton are feeling? We've heard from Lyle Taylor, Josh Parker, and Lee Bowyer. How are Doncaster feeling? Interesting because. You know they were getting overrun at times in that first leg. They came back into it late on and got a, a slightly fortuitous, uh, fortuitous goal, but that brings them right back into the tie. So I wanted to know how Doncaster are feeling coming down to the valley, you know, ground where Charlton haven't lost too often this season. So I spoke to Liam Holden. We heard from him last week. He's from the Doncaster Free Press, and he uh, speaks to Grant McCann all the time as well. So this is how uh, Doncaster reacted to that first leg. I think the the goal late on certainly raised sort of positivity levels uh, and sort of optimism again. Really, um, I've kind of felt at half time that if they could get a goal, if they could win the second half, really, even if they were only getting one goal back, that it gives them something to take down to the valley. And uh, they did. That. I thought the performance in the second half were pretty good as well. Um, they, they kind of pushed pushed really really hard to to get back into it and. Uh, and they got the rewards later on with that Matty Blair goal. Because mm. obviously, I guess they were pretty shell shocked after Charlton grabbed those those two goals in a couple of minutes after what what had been a fairly sort of even in, even opening to the game, I guess. Yeah, definitely, definitely was a bit of a shock, and, I, and to be honest, I'm surprised that they didn't concede again. 
later on in, in first half cause, just because I rattled the luck by it um, I mean you saw that we were conceding the second one so so quick after but it really sort of delivered a blow I think it took a lot of the sting out of the, the home support as well uh, particularly with the Jarlton fans making so much noise all, all uh, afternoon really so yeah um, what wasn't ideal and, and you did worry at that point and think well, we're really going to be going into a second leg here where there's absolutely nothing on it. The, the, the tie's dead, but yeah, thankfully they, they managed to get something out of it. Mm. I mean, what 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 do they they think about coming to the Valley? Because obviously they know that the Charlton's home record is so good, and they they saw at spells in that uh, in in the game on Sunday how well, how well Charlton can play when when they've got the tails up. So, uh, I mean, do they fear the fact that Charlton have got such a good home record in particular? I don't think they necessarily fear it. I think they know that they've got a, a massive job on their hands to, to try and get in, into the final from, from this position. And I think even going in levels, and know it would, it would be a, a tough task. But yeah, I don't think they've got a great deal to fear. They're, they're, it's, it's almost uh, whatever happens, happens really. Uh, nothing to lose, nothing to fear. They'll come down, they'll, they'll hopefully have a, have a good go from the start and uh, see what see what they can do. But they do, they are very well aware of, of the tasks that are facing. Mm. And obviously Grant McCann is, uh, always likes to try and play on that under, underdog tag as well. So I guess he'll be trying to use that to, to his advantage on Friday as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. He's he, he, he sort of rallies against the being labelled the underdogs a little bit or, or being written off and I think one thing is keen to emphasise uh, this week it, it feels a lot of people believe that Rovers have done well just, just finishing sixth uh, and he says he's had comments to him uh, along those lines and, and, and he doesn't see it that way he sees it there's an opportunity here to, to to do something pretty special uh, um, and is not going to take too much satisfaction over the fact that they finish sixth if they go out in the, the, the semi-final stage of the playoffs. So, yeah, I think they are aware that they are that they are really the underdogs in this situation, but they're determined to, to prove people wrong, which has been something that McCann's been preaching all season. And of course, um, I mean, team news-wise, have they had any injuries or anything come out of it? James Coppinger went off at half-time on, on Sunday. Was that tactical? Has he, has he got any problems? Uh, no, no, that was tactical. Uh, it was a me. I thought James Coppinger did quite well in that first half. But Grant McCann admitted it could have been James Coppinger. It could have been Kieran. Sadly, came off. He, he wanted to change the system. I think uh, Rovers were quite surprised by the sort of change of approach from uh, from Charlton uh, with the three at the back. They didn't really expect that. And I think that played a little part in taking a while to settle into the game. And McCann felt a change was needed at half time and, and sort of went from the four two three one to a four one four one and then quickly into a four three three and Coppinger sort of made way uh, as part of that. Um, so he's fine and, and by the sounds of it, I spoke to Grant McCann this morning, everyone else is fine too. So um I expect to see a, a, a very similar similar team uh, mm. to to the one that started. Uh, on Sunday, and did he give anything away as to how we may approach the game? Of course, you know, being a goal behind that, they've got some chasing to do. But like we said, we know how how good Charlton can be at home. So, do you think it will sort of start off by trying to keep it tight, or do you think they'll go and try and chase that that deficit from the start? I think they'll be chasing the deficit from the start. They're they're not a team that looks to sort of contain. They've not done it with, at home all the way all, all season. It's not really in the nature. So. They know, and and I think an early goal for Doncaster could could be absolutely massive. Um, 
particularly with a, with a sort of expectant crowd at the Valley, a, a packed stadium. Uh, I think Rovers drawing back level early would would be a sort of it'd be a test for, for Charlton to see how they reacted and, and the supporters as well so I think they'll be determined to, to go out there and reduce that deficit straight away and, and see where they, can, uh, where they can go from there It could be good that Doncaster will come out obviously they won't be trying to contain us because I think that plays right into our hands um, one, one thing that I did notice on uh, on Sunday's game is that I thought Malik Wilkes is very quiet because we know we know what Marquis is all about. He's going to score some goals. And he'll, he'll get a chance in the area and he'll score it and, and he'll do a little bit of hold-up play. But I think Malik Wilkes is probably pretty vital to them in creating chances as well as scoring goals himself. And the fact that we kept him quiet for the majority of the game, I think, was the reason they didn't have so many clear-cut chances in the area. Yeah, he was he was their best player in the league game up there by, by quite some distance. Um, and Even the home fans, I remember, were laughing when... Marquise got announced as man of the match. Um, but I think our formation helped. We were just talking off air there about how we doubled up on him and made it very difficult for him to get through. And we're going to need to do that again because he is their most dangerous player. I think Marquise, of course, has scored a lot of goals. But I think when you've got the talent in central defence that we have, actually, it's relatively straightforward to to counter that and to nullify him. But I think Malik Wilkes with his trickery, you think of what Fosu was doing to defenders last season uh, you just and you don't really know how to handle that um, and it takes a lot of experience and a lot of talent to do that um, and we, as we said we combated that by doubling up and I think we'll probably have to do the same again but yeah I'm wary of saying keep him quiet and we win the game because obviously they've got the likes of Coppinger and, and other players around who can can create as well but uh, it would certainly go a long way to to giving us a good chance of getting through Right, so our thanks to Liam Hoden again from the Doncaster Free Press for letting us know how Donny are getting on. Now, I wanted to know also how listeners are feeling ahead of Friday's second leg. Mark Anderson says, honestly, I can't sleep, concentrate or make love at the moment. Uh, but the thought <laughs> for- of feeling the famous arena, that is the valley, fills me with pride. Or at least he's feeling something there. Um, the CFC United will never be defeated, uh, to quote... Uh, dirty leads. That's from Mark Anderson there. I'd argue a little bit too much information there. <laughs> but thanks for thanks for joining in, Mark. Uh, Dan says he's absolutely buzzing. A sold out valley and the team are playing well uh, as well. Um, what's to be nervous about? We're on our way. David Nichols is feeling expectant. Uh, M says it's pretty much all I've been thinking about. A little nervy, but excited at the same time. I cannot wait to scream my head off. Uh, so we need a goal. Darren Henderson says perfectly. I think it's long overdue. Uh, but one thing is for sure that Lee Bayer and Johnny Jackson are bringing the feel-good factor back to the club. Um, Cliff Scales says, unusual for me, but I'm feeling confident. We have a bloody good team and a bloody good manager. This is our time. Uh, we're going to Wembley. Um, it's going to be amazing to see the value fall again. And remember that Mikey Tyson, one of our regular tweeters, uh, is going. And so it's a formality, right, Mike? Yeah, because he has a very good record when he, when mm, he no, comes I don't think to season. Yeah. Adele says, uh, I'm excited. I'm nervous. Keep singing all the songs uh, on the way to work, at work, in my sleep. Bring it on uh, Friday. Uh, Adele, the singer there, I'm guessing, because she says she's singing the song. Uh, Smudge uh, has just sent a. A gif of a gingerbread pooing itself. So there we go. <laughs> um, uh, Rob Waghorn. Oh, right. So this is something separate that I did say we're not going to really put on the uh, running order today. But there was another statement from Roland today. This time having a go at card for their meeting. He's basically refuting their version of events or at least saying it wasn't the full story about the meeting they had with the Belgian emb- embassy. Uh, it was like, so we're not, we're not really giving it the time of day because... Uh, 
go away. Um, but Rob Waghorn says, uh, Roland's spiteful ramblings will not deflect. What's well, been an amazing achievement by Lee and the players and the fans. Sincerely hope any potential owners understand fully why and what's been going on. Positivity is one of the many things that Lee has brought to the club. Uh, the whole feeling is like how I remember it in 19... 19- and 98. Roger Trar said he's totally gutted because uh, he's on holiday uh, in 30 degrees uh, in, in Mexico. So he wants to go to the game on Friday, uh, but instead he's going to be in the airport, hoping and praying for the best. Well, hopefully we can deliver you some good news over Twitter, Roger. Mark says, highly in the team. The excitement I'm feeling for Friday is immense. Is this normal? Of course it is. Uh, Ev James says, lest we get too carried away, we must stay focused, everyone. Yes, we are in a fantastic position, but we must strive to get the first goal and then calm the nerves. We'll be okay, though. Let's have plenty of noise. And as Curb says, goals. We'll see you at Wembley, please, God. Uh, Spencer says, I can't listen to tonight's show as I'm still recovering from Sunday. Uh, I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm over Sunday now, but I'm looking forward to Friday. Uh, Will Bolland says, we respect, we believe, keep the faith. There we go. And, uh, well, let's hope that's the way it goes. Right. Someone else who respects and believes, of course, other than Nathan, <laughs> is uh, Lee Bowyer, the Charlton manager. And he uh, had his press day today on Wednesday to look ahead to the second leg. And uh, again, he assessed how he thinks the tyres balance going into Friday's game. Goal lead going into the home leg. Um, So I I think we're in a good position, especially with our our home record this season. So, um, but we have to respect Doncaster. They're a good side. They've got players that can hurt you. They're good at set pieces. So um, we just have to be professional and, and have the right attitude and, and, and not take our foot off the pedal, which I have no doubt that will happen anyway because the, the group that we have have been exceptional all season. As a manager, in some ways, have you tried to turn their late goal into something as a, as a tool to get them keep them focused, keep that focus, rather than the difference between going into the second leg? Two goals up? No, no, I've not said it was disappointing. It was all disappointed that they, they got that late goal, but I forget they were playing at home. Um, you expect them to, to create chances. And I thought we'd done well to limit it them to, to the, the odd chance that they had. So um, I don't have to keep my players focused because they, they know they'll be walled trying to get into them all season what, what we want to achieve and they know that they're so close to getting one step closer so I, I won't have to I'm going to have to remind How would you describe the mood around the club at the moment? Very good to say the best since I've, I've been in by a million miles obviously when I first came in it was a bit difficult um, the atmosphere wasn't what it should have been but now uh, sell, sold out um, the valley and, and we've taken somebody away in as well from what I hear that hasn't happened since like 2012 so for me that's that's a massive achievement achievement from how far we've come in, in such a short space of time. Because one of the things I want to do is, is, is to get the, the valley forward again and, and get everybody back and, and enjoying and 
being part of, of this journey that, that we're going to go on. I said that at the start of the season, and, and, and that's happening. And um, so I'm, I'm delighted, you know, and the fans are going to turn out on, on Friday, and, and the players, once they walk out there, because a lot of them won't have played in front of that many people before. But what I do know is, is when we've played in the big games this season, the, at home in Portsmouth and Luton too come to mind when the place was bouncing with what, 12, 13, 14,000 there. It's going to be another 10 or plus on top of that. It's going to be electric, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So for me, the, 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 the club, everybody's happy and, and the club is how it should be, you know, in enjoying the football. How much do you allow yourself to think about the possibility of leading them out at Wembley and how much chat them about a potential Wembley appearance as they being amongst the players? Obviously, if we get there, it's, it's nowhere near done yet. I've been in the game long enough to, to see twists and turns and, and last week, you just have to look at last week, it's the craziest week in football ever. So, but if we was to be fortunate enough to get to Wembley, then it'd be a massive achievement. It'd be, it'd be up there with, with the best of my achievements in the game. Um, because nobody tipped us to be in the top six. And, and to get to Wembley and finish third, um, just just missing out on, on the automatic, going on the run that we've been on since the turn of the year. And then to walk out this, this group of players that we put together and, and for a club that I started playing as a kid it's going to be a really proud moment for me Any injuries team news? No, everyone's good everyone came through so it's Igor still Igor's out yeah he's still uh, he's still out so hopefully we can get through this stage and, and, and it might be okay so there we go, Lee Bayer confirming that um, Igor Vettikele will be out, um, uh, probably given away by the fact that he was photographed on holiday, it would appear, uh, on his, wife Insta- his wife's Instagram story. Um, he said he's hoping he might be back for the final if we were to get that far. Um, he was asked about, thinking about, you know, are you dreaming of le- leading them out of Wembley? And of course, you know, we're in that situation now where we know we've got a game to play, but that prize is dangling right in front of us. Um, and it's... You've got to find the right balance between you know aiming for that prize, knowing it's there and wanting to get there, but at the same time you have to win this game of football first. So Bayer's got to try and find the right balance between expectation and hope and performance as well. Yeah, and um, and I think the only way you do that is just focusing on winning two games of football. Um, we've done it loads. Of, we've won loads of games this year. We just need to do it two more times and we're there. So, but it's got to be natural. I think even you know I'd be lying if I said I haven't thought about going to Wembley and having both scenarios of or all scenarios winning, losing, losing on penalties, winning on penalties. It's natural for everyone to think about it, but I think for the players, as long as they stay focused, which which they have, you know, and, and they're, a, they're a good bunch, and I'm pretty sure Bose and Jack are be drilling into them to just make sure they win win this game on Friday. I mean, when we heard from Josh Parker, they was talking about you know a hostile atmosphere at the Valley, twenty thousand. Fans on top of every Doncaster Rovers touch. How big a part do you think these Charlton fans can play? I mean, because we're not used to seeing the stadium this full. I mean, you know, every time a Doncaster player touches the ball, if we're whistling and booing and trying to put them off, will that, will that make an effect? 
Yeah, yeah, it definitely will. Um, we've seen the, the impact fans have had throughout the year, um, throughout the season, and it's, of course, the numbers haven't been as big as we'd like, but the impact that the the vocal people that have been here has been huge, and it works twofold. Obviously, we hope that this doesn't happen, but if they were to score early, and I think you mentioned it on Thursday about the away leg, you know, if we were nil nil or one nil down early stages to knock it on the back of our own team, we have to be really, really important that we don't do that. Um, but more importantly, we've just got to encourage them on. How many times have we seen down here when, particularly attacking the covered end, when that gets going, you just know a goal's coming. It's just a matter of when. Uh, we, we've all said it. There's no reason we lose this game, really. It, it, logic, everything tells you that that we should be winning this game. And, you know, it's it's terrifying because if we don't, uh, the you know, how gutted are we going to be? But, yeah, the, the fans are going to make a huge difference, I'm sure, of that. Now, um, I watched the West Brom Villa game last night, entertaining game. Uh, of course, it ended in the dreaded penalty. It was on Jed Steer, by the way. But, mm. I mean, Bayer said in, in the press day, there was, it was a half an hour clip today, so we couldn't use all of it, of course. But he did say that we haven't been practicing penalties because he doesn't feel like you can recreate the, the atmosphere and the, and the dread and whatnot that you get in a penalty shootout for a, for a big game. Um, if it does go that way, I mean, you look at our penalty takers, we've had lots of practice this year because we've won a hell of a lot of, of penalties. Um, will, it, will it come down to skill or will it come down to nerve? Or It won't be a nice experience no matter what happens. No, I think um, footballers, are that they'll have their preferred uh, way of taking a penalty and where they're going to go. It's if they stick to it. Um, I have thought of, obviously, us losing on penalties and the what, that I've had one player that always misses, which I'm not going to say cause just in case I jinx it, but... I'll tell you off it anyway. But, um, Jacko's not playing anymore. No. Mm. But um, yeah, I think it's a mixture of both. I think men- mentally is a massive, massive factor. Um, and you hear it a lot. It's just pick your spot and keep to it. Don't change it. Mm. Um, but when I used to try and play anyway, that's what I always used to do. Just pick one spot and keep it no matter well, let's, what. Well, let's hope it doesn't come to that. Let's hope, let's hope it doesn't because you I know, won't that, be able to watch. That would mean having, having <laughs> lost the game. Right. Um, let's have a quick prediction each, lads. Jeez, oh, really? Including um, on aggregate. I'm, I'm going to go for uh, a one all on a day. And what would that be on aggregate, please, Nathan? 3 2. Correct. <laughs> Tom? I thought I was wrong then because you hesitated. I was just waiting to try and catch you out, Tom. I haven't got a clue. Um, <laughs> as, as little as eight. I'll say 2 1 again. Yeah. 4 2 aggregate. There we go. Yeah. And any of those will be fine. Whatever you want, it's fine with me. Right. We've run out of time on Charlton Live, the big match playoff semi final second leg preview. I uh, hope you've enjoyed the show. Thanks for sticking with us again. We'll be back here on Sunday evening, even though these two are desperately thinking of ideas to try and get out of it <laughs> if we lose. But either way, we'll be back here on Sunday evening. Hopefully, you will be. Hopefully either for a way. celebration. Um, oh. You know, let's just say, everyone. Yeah, here on Friday, get behind the boys. We're all desperate to, to win. It's going to be an amazing evening if we can do it. Uh, let's hope that we can. Chaps, thanks for coming in. Tom and Dave. Cheers. Cheers. I've boys. been Louis Mendes. This has been Charlton Live, the big match preview. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you on Sunday when hopefully we'll have some good news to share. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.